Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. I really want you to put your faith out tonight because I believe God wants to set us free. And the whole premise of this uh, series right now is the fact that many of us find ourselves in life in a situation and circumstance that we never expected. You kind of almost see a picture of yourself sitting on the side of the road thinking, how did I get here? This wasn't what I expected my life to be. It wasn't where I thought I was going to be. I started out bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and things just got on top of me. And often the sin nature and the the humanity of us, we like to blame external things and say, it's because of what happened to me. But the text and the premise of this series is from Hebrews chapter 4. No, it's not. It's from James chapter 4, verse 1, and you'll find it on the screen behind me. It says, What causes the fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from the desires that battle within you? And often we like to think it's what happens to me that I found myself in this situation. It's what happened to me that caused me to respond the way I did, favourably or unfavourably. But the Scripture tells us it's not what happens to us, it's what's happening in us. And so the whole thought of this process is we think it's some way off beam, unusual, extraordinary event that knocked me off course, but it's not something that's unusual. In fact, it's usually things that we are used to uh, having to navigate and see, and we call them usual suspects. So for example, you know, if somebody has a heart attack, when they get to the hospital and they're working, the doctors are working through the treatment, when they're talking about how do we get our patient back on recovery or what led to this uh, event, They will often go through the usual things. And so what they start with is the patient's diet. They start with the patient's um, stress levels. They start with the patient's family history because they're the usual things that you would expect to see present in the person's life for them that event to unfold. And I believe it's the same with us spiritually, that there are things that happen to us that aren't so much out of the blue. They're just usual. We can expect them. And so we've got to be warned. And so the whole premise of this series is to identify what we would call some usual suspects and then equip us on how, once we've identified them, how we can counteract them. And so last week we started the series and we talked about the suspect of comparison. And tonight I'm continuing the series and our suspect, it's kind of like that in... What's that kid's film where he goes, ma, ma, ma. Our suspect tonight is uh, offence. So I'm going to be talking on the uh, usual suspect of offence. Did you know that there are two types of offended people? It's the, the first type are those of us who've been treated unjustly. And the second type of offended people are those of us who believe we've been treated unfairly. And what often happens is in that case, often it's either the wrong information that we receive and then build our defence, or it's potentially the right information, but we come to the wrong conclusion. For example, you may walk past me and I slap you on the back and you think, oh, 
What's wrong with her? What did I do? What have I done now? And then you suddenly build up an, a, a thought and negative thoughts towards me because I've just out of nowhere slapped you on the back. Right information, but potentially the wrong conclusion because what I haven't told you is there was a massive huntsman spider on your back and I slapped you. Actually, let's be honest. It wouldn't, I wouldn't touch you if you had a massive huntsman spider. I would be running like, ah! Maybe it was a mozzie or something on your back. So right information, wrong conclusion. So there are two types of offended people. And when we're talking about offence, we just need to understand what offence is so that we can identify this suspect and then what we can do to be able to counteract it. So I just want to start tonight by giving us some truth about offence. And this is what you have to understand. I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news, but offence is unavoidable. I know, it does suck, but it is true. Luke 17, 1 says this. Then he said to the disciples, this is Jesus speaking, it is impossible that no offences should come, but woe to him through who they do come. And I love the Passion Translation. It says this, one day Jesus taught his disciples this, betrayal is inevitable. But great devastation will come to the guilty one who uh, to the one guilty of betraying others. The bad news is tonight, unless you live on a deserted island, you have no interaction with anybody, you at some stage, somewhere, sometime, are going to be offended. Because you have to understand that the premise of offence is this. The foundational aspect of offence lies in the fact that another person or even perhaps God himself took action or made a statement which is contrary to our desires or expectations. And we assume that that action is wrong because our expectation or interests were not met. We get offended because we have an expectation of how people should react and respond. And when they don't react and respond the way we think, we naturally assume that that it's wrong and then offence happens. Offence is unbelievable because get unbelievable is unavoidable because guess what? Somebody's not going to meet my expectation. Somebody's not going to meet your expectation. Offence is unavoidable and Offence dates back until the very first family. You've only got to go back to the Garden of Eden and uh, Cain and Abel. And there's a story in there in Genesis chapter 4, verse 3 to 5. It says, In the course of time, Cain bought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. And Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from some of his firstborn of his flock, because Abel worked the land and did the fruit. Cain worked with the animals. It says, The Lord looked with favour on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favour. So Cain was very angry and his face was downcast. In other words, Cain was offended that he brought what he thought God would like and God didn't like it. God didn't meet his expectation and Cain took on offence. And if you continue to read that in chapter 4, it goes on to say that Cain allowed that offence to manifest into murder. He murdered his brother because of an offence that took a hold in his heart because he had an expectation that God would like 
him interpreting what God would like from him and when God didn't like what he interpreted God would like, he got offended about it. We have to understand offence is unavoidable. And before you start thinking, well, then I just won't interact with anyone or do anything, which I know is impossible, and you just think, well, everyone's going to offend me, bad news continues. You also will offend others. So it's not just that you're going to be offended. I'm sorry to say, but you're going to offend someone. Offence is unavoidable. The second thing you need to know about offence is offence is a trap. For a trap to be successful, it has to be two things. It has to be hidden, because if it's not hidden, it's not a trap. You're like, well, I saw that, so I'll just walk around it. So for it to be successful, it has to be hidden, but it also has to have bait. Now, the Greek word for offence is called scandalon. And scandalon is the word, that, it's the little hook that bait is attached to in a trap. So what happens is the prey comes, the prey takes the bait, sets the trap off, the the prey now becomes victim. And do you know what happens to the victim? The victim then is left to the intention of the trapper. Offence is the bait the enemy uses to attract his people. And when he's got us, we then are subject to his intention. We have to remember that the enemy hates us. We are created in the image of God and every time he looks at us, he sees God. He's reminded of what he's lost. He's reminded of his future and he hates us. And he wants nothing more than to get us to be at his folly, for us to fall into the trap of offence so that then he can get his intention and he can get what he wants to do in and through our lives. Offence is a trap. Offence also is a weapon of mass destruction. I read somewhere someone said, offence is like an automatic weapon. Once you pull the trigger, it keeps firing. Now you might sit here and think, well, really, what does it matter if I'm offended. Like, what is that anyone's business? It's just me and mine, it doesn't matter. But when you're offended, it affects everyone that you come into contact with. You see, it's, not, it's just not isolated. An offence will have you doing and saying things you never thought possible. Offence deceives, divides, derails and destroys. That's why it's a weapon of mass destruction. It destroys dreams. It destroys relationships. It destroys potential, opportunities, reputations, character, hope, and people's lives. I mean, only look at what Cain did. His offence destroyed his dreams. His offence destroyed and... uh, derailed his future and his potential. Because it goes on to say that he was then cast out. He was, became a wanderer and found himself in the land of Nod. Cain's future was derailed. It divided his family. It destroyed his family. He murdered his own brother and separated from his um, mum and his dad. He had a mark on him because he said that, God, your um Punishment for me is so much to bear. Anyone will kill me. So he was marked so that nobody would touch it. It destroyed him. Offence is a weapon of mass destruction. And you might sit there and say, but you know what? I'm not Cain. I haven't murdered anyone. 
But here's the question I often ask myself and I'll ask us tonight. Have you ever called into question someone's character? Have you ever assassinated someone's reputation? Said something just to leave people to think something that isn't quite true? Have you ever even thought in your mind, I wish that person was dead? We like to pride ourselves that I've not murdered anyone. But offence is a weapon of mass destruction. It is going to kill and destroy anything and anyone that you love. And fourthly, and almost really scarily, offence is transferable. You see, what I've learned is offence actually isn't dangerous until we pick it up. You know, bait can sit there. It's not a problem until the prey consumes it. And what we know is that whatever we consume, consumes us. And that we will always, and the enemy will make sure that there becomes an opportune time where you can transfer the offence you're carrying to someone else. It's a modus operandi of the enemy. Perhaps you're here tonight and a parental figure or a leadership figure, a teacher, an employer has spoken to you about something that's, you know what, that's really not a helpful character trait. And you've really struggled with with what they're sort of trying to address in your life. And then along comes a friend and lo and behold, they come to you and they say, can you believe that Jenny said to me this? Right then, right then, there's an opportunity for you to go, okay, I can either recognise that you and I suffer from the same problem and what we can do is confess it What we can do is hold each other accountable. What we could do is pray about it and say, let's do this together. Come on, Jenny loves us. Jenny's for us. She's seen something in us that no one else has said. So you know what? This is what we'll do. Or this is what offence will do. It says, who does Jenny think she is? Do you know what? Jenny said that to me. Oh, have you seen Jenny? Sorry to any Jennies out there. (laughs) Jenny, offence is transferable and it's right then at that point where we have the opportunity to say, no, actually, you know what? Wow, good, you're in the same boat as me. How about we do this? But offence is transferable. Perhaps I've seen plenty of times too, when people have, I've been maybe on the side of somebody's uh, bad behaviour or their character trait or something that someone's addressed on them and they've come to me. Let's just say it's gossip. Oh, so-and-so said I was a gossip. And it's right then and there, you go, you know what? I think you are, because I've heard you say that. And actually, I've all been the subject of your gossip. And it's right then and there where you can again back them and say, hey, you know what? Actually, my experience with you is the same. Not picking on you, I'm just saying, hey, someone's had the plucked up the courage to tell you that. I want to back them. But offence says, you know what? They challenged me on something else because it's not what they challenged them on. It's the fact that I'm holding on to an offence and I'm going to transfer my offence to them and empower them rather than right at that time I have the opportunity to set them free. Offence is transferable. So you might be sitting here tonight and thinking, well, that's all good, but I don't think I'm offended. Well, let me tell you of just a few signs that potentially, if you resonate with some of these, maybe offence has started to build its little um, hideaway in your heart. If you start finding yourself withdrawing from relationships, 
It could be that offence is trying to worm its way in there and establish something. Maybe just isolating yourself. You're just like, hang on, you know what? It's just easier not to go. It's easier to pull away. Hey, I won't go to Connect Group because you know what? Last time I went to Connect Group, somebody actually had the courage to talk to me and, and just say, you know what? That's probably not a helpful. You know what? If you find yourself withdrawing, I don't think I'll go to church. Hey, I don't think I'll do this. No, I won't go to my friend. If you find yourself withdrawing, it could be a sign that you actually are struggling with offence. Maybe you're finding resentment is building up. You know, someone walks past and there's that, oh, or a group of people. You're just finding, you're harbouring some negative thoughts, some just some not pleasant thoughts about people. Resentment's building up. That's a sign that actually offence is trying to worm its way into your heart, that you've picked something up and what you consume will consume you. So, And the thing about resentment is that resentment often turns into entitlement. And you might think, well, what's entitlement? I'll tell you what entitlement is. It's when we think we are owed something. And can I tell you in all honesty and vulnerability, entitlement is one of the biggest things I struggle with as a leader because you spend a lot of time investing in people. And so when you invest in people, there's an element of that you have an expectation of a return. And the struggle is not everybody returns. And the same with me. For all the people who've invested in me, I haven't always been a good return for them. And so the big thing is to not let that turn into entitlement. After all I've done for you, after doing this and after doing that and after doing that. And when you find that coming out as your language or as your thought processes, it's time when you go, ooh, Maybe offence, maybe something's happened in here that's just got a grip in my heart and I'm starting to hear it in my language and in my thought processes and what I'm thinking and saying. Or what about this one? This one's often big for us girls, but it's not just for the girls. You could be struggling with offence if you're constantly reliving the event. Just walking the dog, thinking about when they did that and then they did this and then they did that. You're washing the dishes, then they did this and then they did that. If you're constantly reliving the event, oh, if I'd only acted that way or did this, oh, how do they think? If you're constantly reliving the event, it's a good chance that offence has wormed its way into your heart. And offence has even been linked to medical issues. They say that offence can be behind several mental and physical sicknesses. Offence affects your nervous system, it can affect your appetite, and it can affect your sleep. A usual suspect, if you find yourself derailed on the side of life thinking, how did I get here? There's every possibility that offence has wormed its way into your heart. But the good news is we don't have to be subject to the tyranny of offence. I believe God has equipped us so that we can recognise offence and then put some things into place to be able to reject it or actually to be able to get out from under its tyranny. So that's why we've called it Usual Suspects tonight and why we want to talk about it. So if you're thinking, oh, I think there's something there and offence has been trying to work on me, just a couple of things I want you to remember. And the first key when we're talking about dealing with offence is you've got to forgive it. Ephesians 4 verse 3 says this, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. Do you know forgiveness means to release, dismiss, cancel the debt or punishment? 
Forgiveness is a choice. It's not a feeling. And if you sit there and say, but you don't understand, you are 100% absolutely right. I have no understanding of what they did to you, what was said to you, whatever that offence is. But just because I don't understand doesn't mean that it's not right for us not to forgive. Forgiveness is a choice. And let me tell you, you'll never feel like doing it because we have an enemy who doesn't want to see us set free. He is quite happy for you to stay in your prison of uh, offence. And the way out of it and to deal with offence is we've got to forgive. We've got to choose. Don't wait for the feeling, but I'm just going to make a choice. And let me, I know this. Forgiveness isn't about acknowledging that the person's right. Forgiveness is about you. Forgiveness is about, I'm actually better than hanging on to this bitterness. I'm actually better than what's trying to work in my life. It doesn't, my forgiveness of them is not about them, it's about me. It's about letting me off the hook. Because right now I'm in the trap of offence because I've held on to it. And if I can forgive them, I release myself from that. Forgiveness is a choice and it doesn't make their behaviour right. It makes you free. And that's what we need to know. I love this. When you don't forgive, you place yourself in a state of unforgiveness and that shuts you off from God's forgiveness. Matthew 6, 14 says this, if you forgive men here on earth, then your heavenly Father forgives you. And so if you think, but I have a right to hold on to my forgiveness, you hold on to your right of unforgiveness, then God Hold on to His right of forgiveness towards you. Forgive your brother on earth. God in heaven will forgive you. I love this. It says, A child finds it easy to forgive and hard to say sorry. Have you seen that? But an adult finds it easy to say sorry, but hard to forgive. Amen. Easier to say sorry but it's hard to forgive and it's a ploy of the enemy to keep you captive because he understands the power that there is in freedom. And you might say to me, well, how do you know when you forgive? Because you think, oh, I'm doing it again. I'm trying to forgive. I'm trying to forgive. I'll tell you how you know when you've truly forgiven is when you can remember the event without the pain. So if you find yourself in a position tonight and you say, every time I think of that, I feel the pain associated with it, God's trying to let you know, honey, it's not dealt with. So take another step. Continue to do it again. Ask for forgiveness. Continue to do it again. How do you know when you've forgiven? When you can remember that and there's no pain attached. Proverbs 19.11 says, it is to one's glory to overlook an offence. It's not about whether they're right or wrong. It's about letting yourself off the hook. You deserve better than that. The message says their grandeur is to forgive and forget. How do you deal with offence? One, you need to forgive it. Secondly, you need to surround it. Matthew 5, says this, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. We know what, you've got to surround the offence. Surround it with the Word of God. I tried to make it as simple as easy because I know how much of an offence is rampant, not only in the church, but in the world. It's a main, I believe, the number one ploy of the enemy. And he knows because of the destruction it can bring. And so I thought three easy ways, forgive it and then surround it. 
And so we need to surround it with God's Word. We think of 2 Corinthians, it says, I take captive every thought. I make it obedient to Christ. You think of the Word that says, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart. And the second is just like it. Love your neighbour as yourself. Oh, but you don't know what they did to me, Lord. And he's like, well, yes, I do. But it's like, no, but I can't. He goes, no, I know, but with me you can. Because again, remember, surround it because it's, it's only going to keep you trapped. Surround it with the Word of God. Surround it with God's love. Because God's love is there for us. We can't do it in our own strength. And Tony did a brilliant message this morning in Daniel about the love of God. And to be able to say, God, in my strength, I can't do it. In my love, it's going to fail. But God, I'm going to surround myself with, with your love. I want to pray for those who've persecuted me. That's what the Scripture I'm going to pray for them. They may have intended it for harm. They may have deliberately set out to hurt me and trap me and cause offence. But God, I pray for them. And for those who didn't even intend and have no idea, I still continue to pray for them because by praying for them, I'm releasing myself from the trap. So you need to forgive it. You need to surround it. And then finally, I'm going to invite the band to come back up, is you need to drop it. I don't know if anyone here has seen or heard of the monkey trap. And what it is, the African monkey trap, is what they do is they have a cage. And in the cage, they place a sweetened stick, a stick that they've sweetened and they put it in there. And what the monkey does is the monkey comes down from the trees, sees the cage. Now, he's not dumb enough to get in the cage, but what he does is he puts his hand in the cage and he grabs the sweetened stick. But the problem is when he's got the stick in his hand, he can't get his hand back out of the cage. Now, you and I as casual observers say, hey, dumb monkey, drop the stick. Because if you drop the stick, then you can get your hand out of the cage. But he doesn't want to drop the stick. He wants the stick. So he's not going to drop. So he actually is captive without being captive. And right then and right there, this is a picture of offence. I've got a nice muffin in my hand. Oh, it looks appealing. Actually, even smells good. But I cannot get my hand out of the cage while I'm holding onto the muffin. And this is what God would say to us. He can't get into your hands what He wants to give you when you're holding things He doesn't want you to hold. And so if you want to deal with offence, then you've got to drop the stick. For us, you've got to drop the... I can only get my hand out if I drop the muffin. Once I drop the muffin, my hand is free. And I can walk around and have that cage attached to my hand. I'm free, but in captivity. That monkey, he's on the outside, but he's trapped as if he was in the cage. And it's a picture of how many of us do life. We're not in the cage, but we're in the cage. We're trapped because we're hanging on to things God has not called us to hang on to. It's time, church, for us to drop it. It's time for us to release what God doesn't want us to hold on to so we can take hold of that of which He wants to give us. Stop nursing and rehearsing. Whatever happened to you was awful. I apologise for whatever man did to you. I apologise for the words that have been said over you. I'm sorry that you had to walk that out. I'm sorry. And if I could take it from you, I would. But that's what God is saying to us. He's saying, don't you get it? What I've got is far greater than the muffin that you're holding in your hand that you won't release yourself from the cage. Would you drop it? And then when you drop it, would you walk away and not pick it up? Because if you pick it up, 
Your hands are full of the wrong stuff. Drop it so you can receive the freedom, the strength, the grace, the understanding and the compassion that God wants to give you. Ephesians 4.27 says this, Do not give the devil a foothold. We have to have a revelation that our response to offence determines our future. Offence wants to derail you. Offence wants to take everything that God has for you and make it null and void. Offence is unavoidable. Offence is a trap. It's a weapon of mass destruction and it's transferable and we need to recognise it as a usual suspect that the enemy uses against us to stop us fulfilling the purpose and the future that God has for us. We don't have to take the bait. But if you do, remember this. Forgive it, surround it and drop it. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions, please email us at admin at victorychurch.net.au. 